as we listen to the words of life. Can you open your mouth and say, Lord, look at me. Take my hands and help me. The words of life will make sense to a heart that is alive. The beautiful words of life will become jargons to a rocky heart. So can you open your heart and say, Lord, I want to receive the words of life. I believe this morning that God is going to inject life by reason of his words. But can you open your heart and say, Lord, help me. I prepare myself to receive from you. I open my heart for the surgery of, of your hands. I ask that you help me. Help me, O oh God. Can you pray for yourself? Can you say, Lord, I'm here. I report myself before you. Help me, Lord, this morning. Let the beautiful words of life be beautiful to me. Let them manifest and produce life in me. Sweet life. Even the sinners can join the list. Words that are wooing us to heaven. That are saying, my son, come. I have a better life for you. Lord, those words will make sense to us this morning. We will not just be hearers, deceiving ourselves. Open our heart, oh God. We have come with open hearts, ancient world impact. Impress upon us with the power of your spirit, oh God, words that will produce life. Thank you, Father. Wherever you are, lift up your hands as we pray together. Lord, we are reporting before you this morning. And we didn't just come because it's another ritual. We came because in your presence are beautiful words. The Bible says, at your right hand are pleasures forever. This morning we have come to engage with him who himself is life. As you release your words this morning... May they engage with our hearts and produce a beautiful life. In the name of Jesus. Lord, may we not run the motions. May we not just fulfill our righteousness. Let there be a transforming power that will minister life, oh God. This morning to everyone seated here in the name of Jesus. Did any sinner strain here? He or she must join that list of those who benefit from the beautiful words of life. Father, help us. Spirit of God, have your way. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. A young clap offering. Amen. Have your seats. I want to thank God for this privilege to share God's word again here. I don't take it for granted. And I believe that God will help us. I pray every time that the words of life ministered here will first be life to the ministers and then life to we the hearers. This morning I believe God again will minister to us. And the words of God from here will never be useless. They will indeed be beautiful words. Amen.
what's our topic this morning? By their fruits, you shall know them. And I think in the topic, the message is already preached. And of recent, I'm beginning to, to understand why we need to keep saying and keep speaking the words of God. I'm sure you also understand it by the time we are done this morning. By their fruits, you shall recognize them. And we read from Matthew chapter 7. If you don't mind, can you turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7? Our emphasis is verse 15 to verse 20. Um, even though I will not pick it verse by verse, we will have to be interacting with that scripture. Very close to it is Matthew chapter 12, verse 33, 34, and 35. I want to begin this morning by saying that fruits, when we relate fruits to a man's life, we are talking about the things that the man produces effortlessly, consistently, continuously, and unconsciously that really define that person. I'll take it again. The fruits, the products of a man's life are the things the man produces Effortlessly, consistently, unconsciously, that really define the man, that really define the person. While I'll be making a lot of reference to agriculture, I don't really want that to distract me and distract us this morning, because fruits are used in agri. So, when you are associating it, when Jesus said, by their fruits, you will recognize them by their fruit. And if you also read it from Galatians chapter 5, it was not actually plural. It says, by their fruit. Do I have anybody checking his version? Is your singular or plural? A singular, I hope, I know I'm carrying an NIV. King James, is this singular or plural? Plural. Plural, by their fruits. So we are talking about what comes out of a man effortlessly, unconsciously, consistently, continuously, that really defines the man. So, what we do when we dress up and make up and stand up before people, many times are not really the fruits of our life. At that point where you are at your ground level, at your normal state, where you unconsciously do certain things, say, wow, I have done it again. And you do that consistently with little or no effort. It just pops out of your life. That's a fruit. 
That's something that you also know in Greek. Trees don't struggle to bear fruits. Am I correct? When it just gets to their season, you just discover that they just begin to fruit. They just begin to produce. They don't necessarily remember, wow, a mango tree. Let me struggle to be mango tree. And you see, it's already getting to um, February, March. Let me start producing. No, 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 no. Once their season comes, effortlessly, unconsciously, and consistently, they just do what? They produce. If they produce and you say, I'm not happy with it, and you cut off the fruits, what happens? They do what again? They produce again. In fact, if you cut it, they produce better. Am I correct? So, they don't struggle, they don't quarrel with you when you struggle with their fruits. Because it is something that is internal. They are just living their life. And somebody say, ah, I don't like this mango. Stop producing. The mango will say, I'm sorry, but if you do what? What will that mango do? That is its nature. It just keeps effortlessly. Continuously. Consistently. Unconsciously. It just comes out. Now I'll say three things. And I'll move into the heat of what I think God wants to impress upon our hearts. The first thing I want to say, I've said that a bit in the introduction is that fruits really define the nature and the substance of a tree. Now, if we have a sour orange, sour, not sweet orange, and you have a sweet orange, what is the only way to differentiate them, please? By what, please? Is there going to be a difference with their leaves? No. They carry the same leaves. In fact, the sour one may be carrying more leaves. They carry the same attire. They carry the same physical packaging. But the time you will be able to say that tree is a very, very bitter tree. Is when you start eating its what? Its fruits. So it is not possible to completely define a person by some of the things we used to define people. Is a doctor, is a professor, is a reverend, because there are bitter reverends and there are sweet reverends. And you cannot know by the garments they wear and by the way they help us to take Holy Communion. The Lord be with you and also with you. Amen. Any, both the sour tree and the bit and the sweet one can do. The Lord be with you and also with you and me. Amen. But, when they get to the stage of fruiting, ah, you say, ah, what is happening? What is happening? Is it not my reverend? Uh-huh. That's where you now begin to say, ah, his reverend bitter his name. You don't identify, you see, you, you are, we are the ones that label people by so many names. That's not how God looks at people. 
I will have to leave that because that's not my focus. So fruits define, describes, it shows the real tree. Now the second thing, and this one is the one that bothered me so much. And you see, I became very, 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 very afraid. When it became clear to me that fruits are the end product of an agricultural process. The last thing that happens to every agricultural process or every planting process is what? Harvest. So, if three years ago or five years ago I planted a mango tree And in 2018, that mango tree is supposed to be producing for me. And I step out to pluck its fruit. And I discover that what I have in my hand is a bad mango. You know that I have a serious problem already. The first problem is that five years is wasted. It is not just that five minutes of plucking the fruit. That fruit production is the end process of my seed sowing, of my watering it, of my weeding that tree, of my applying manure. And now, after five years, Oh my God, is there any of us who have trees in our houses? You went and bought mango trees, orange trees and all of that. How many years does it take you to start eating and enjoying it? Two months? Five years plus. So, a bad fruit is a big problem. Because you cannot immediately walk to that tree and say, I don't like your fruit, it's bitter. And you just chop off all the fruits. Chop it off, chop it off, chop it off, chop it off, chop it off. Get away from it, get away from here. And you say, I think let me wait for two weeks and see what will come out. When you come back again, what is going to come out? The same fruits. It is a colossal loss to correct the error of a fruit, a bad fruit. You don't correct the error overnight. If you have a bad tree, and you have waited for five years for it to fruit. And when it's now trying to fruit. Oh my God, you are seeing sour oranges. You are seeing bitter oranges. The first problem you have. Is how do I discard with this tree? Even if you cut it down. The roots will not let you rest. True or false? It will not. After a while, you will see some small, small things on the ground. Say, are they here? Or I know they go anywhere. Are they here? If you like, cut me down, I'm here. And if suddenly you say, now I want to correct things. In this my farm. Let me plant the correct seed. Hey, hey. You are dealing with another how many years? You are dealing with another five years. So, in 10 years, and you see that's still an experiment, literally. Because you also may not be able to identify 
You know why when this theme met with the young peoples, I was saying, God, why do you bring out this kind of theme where we are dealing with young people? God said, any tree that they plant wrong now will be wrong forever. When they want to correct it, oh my God, it's going to be a problem. You see, young people, go and ask our fathers how they have struggled to correct fundamental errors in their life. If you have a bad marriage, hey, you have entered, oh, if you are a young person, please, don't, don't experiment it. It's a bad experiment. It's one experiment you can never, co- you can correct your course. The other day, I think it's Parkland, I was driving and someone said, this is my classmate. Very big person I expect, respect. He said, this man is my, was my classmate in secondary school and he has come back to read medicine. He has read a course, he's not happy with the course and he says, let me go back and read medicine. He can correct that one. But you can't correct marriage easily like that. When you go to the market and you say, ah, brother, oh, let me, I'm a brother. So I say, sister, I want to marry you. What you are carrying into your house <laughs> is something that you may not easily correct. If you want to correct it, you first of all need to uproot the one that has been growing. The one that the lady has carried for 15, 20 years from her father's house, from um, um, Park Lane. She has packed a lot of things from several lanes in life. And she has packed all of them. And you are just dancing. You don't know you are, you are packing a liability into your house. When you step into your house and you say, I don't like this thing you are doing. Tomorrow again, she will do what? She will do it. Because it's effortless. Sometimes she will even tell you, ah, I have tried. Even me, I have tried to stop this thing. But I don't know, I can't help myself. Oh, that's the danger of a bad tree. That's the danger. You see, fruits are just endpoints. They are just endpoints. Now, what's the last point before I make some other points and we pray? What produces fruits? They are internal. And they are not easily identifiable. We are in a generation that celebrates externalities. But externalities don't produce fruits. What determines the nature of the fruit a tree will produce is not its leaves. Do you remember a story that Jesus went and he saw one tree? And that tree had plenty leaves. Do you remember that story? Jesus was, what was Jesus looking for? Fruit. The thing was fresh. It was robust. It was looking so glorious. But Jesus said, curse it. You are cursed. And for you as a young person, please, don't involve, invest all your life in externalities. One day, I think I was still very young when I read that scripture. I think in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18 or chapter 3 verse 18, I can't remember the scripture. I read the scripture and the Bible said, 
that which is seen is temporal. I say, eh? I was still a young man. He said, but that which is unseen is eternal. Ah, I said, God, please begin to show me the things that are not seen. That if I buy a car, it's temporal. If I anything physical that I pursue has the best time of, his, of you enjoying it is the day you bought it. From that day, it begins to experience what? Depreciation. Did you hear me? It begins to experience everything that man produces. Depreciates. But when I look at God, God is always an appreciative God. Do you know, look at agriculture. You discover that if you have a tree, as the tree lives longer, it produces better. Is it not? That's God. So I want to state that. What determines the fruits? They are very, very hidden things. They are things that are not easily obvious. They are things that are not celebrated. They are things that not many people are pursuing. They are hidden. The Bible said in 15 where we read, it said, watch out for the poor prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, inside of them, they are what? They are wolves. And the challenge is that they will keep producing fruits of woes. All of us have experiences of how you adored some people from afar. Like our elder pastor. Ah, great people. Celebrated people. Only for you to draw closer. And you began to pick fruits from them. And you said, what? Unfortunately, they cannot change overnight. You know, I work a lot with a, young, a lot of young people. And before, I used to be bothered. That after you preach, you cancel people, you shout at people, you push people up and down. They don't change. But it was when I stumbled on this that God said, they will not change. What will change them must be bigger than what you have been doing. I say, what? He said, when somebody meets you and he's 23 years old, he has sat for 23 years in the house of his father and he was growing up and nothing deliberate was planted in him. Oh, you are meeting him at 23 and you think in six months he will change? I say, God, is that? He say, yes. And sometimes, oh my God, we set rules for people. Do you know what rules do? They solidify your evil nature. And increase your spirit of deception. Anytime a rule comes, the first thing you think of is how to sub, sub convert it. How to live above the rule. True or false? 
So you just come and say, they say that's how we should dress. Oh yeah, make we go show them. So the truth is that inside of you, it's a dangerous wall. But when you are coming to church, you are so a wonderful sister. They say, well done daddy, well done auntie. Oh, God bless you brother. When they release you and you become a doctor after four years, we look at you and we say, what? How did sister Chidima change? No, 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 she didn't change. She just started fruity. She didn't change. It was you that thought that you, you were just deceiving yourself. She just got to the point where she couldn't hide her fruits. Unconsciously, what she has valued began to pop up. Began to shoot out. You say, hey, what is this? But that's what you have. How did Jesus, what counsel did Jesus give? And I will settle on that and will pray. Matthew chapter 12. What did Jesus give as a counsel? What is the secret as a young man and for us who are elders? Oh, you have children growing under you. They are deceiving you. Oh my God. The highest rate of deception is happening in our generation. And you see, for me, it's not just you. And I even tell people, I say, why are you trying to impress me? You are deceiving yourself. Those of us that will use it and do what? Yesterday I was speaking with a very dear sister who we have been, who has stayed with us and, and she said, ah, I don't know how we they look at me and say, I say, how they look at you is inconsequential. Is your conscience free? Do you have a heart that is right with God? Have you said to that matter? And she said, wow, that's really true. My conscience has been pricking me. I say, it's not about how people look at you because one day they will still see the real you. If today you appear good, huh, first impression, your general impression is still going to be bad. Matthew chapter 12. Verse 33. Make a tree good. And what will happen, please? Its fruit will be good. So, if I want to get a good fruit from this brother, not even today, that I want him to begin to manifest, I will say, wow, that's a man of God in, in how many level? What level are you, sir? 500 level. No, 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 no. I'm thinking about what are we going to eat from his life in the next seven years. When he gets to Canada, he rides plab and goes to UK. Because that's what's raining now. And he gets there. What is he going to produce? So, when I'm looking at him, I'm not interested with attaching fruits on his body. And decorating him with fruits. I am looking at his tree. I am looking at the very substance of his life. The very foundation of his life. And God is saying, make that good. So fruits are endpoints of years of investment. Do you know when I started studying this scripture, I began to tell myself, I have a, a boy who is four years, 
I have another one who is true. I don't know whether any other one is coming behind them. But I began to tell myself, what do I want to see in this boy at 12? God said, make it now. I said, what? He said, how many memory verses do you want him to have in his head? What do you want the things that we hold his life? I said, don't I wait till he enters on the school? He said, no. Make a tree good now. Keep investing. He said, this one, he doesn't, but when he asks you questions, answer him. When he talks to you, don't shout at him. When he does this, don't, don't. When he's wrong, ensure that you don't allow him to just behave right. Allow him to think right. Allow him to know why he's wrong. Invest not in his behavior. Invest in his source of behavior. I said, God, he said, whether you like it or not, come and check him by 14. When church one day were praying, one small boy, I think he's seven or eight years. He was just walking on the... I said, People, I don't know whether he was pretending or whether he was doing it real. But I know something has been planted in that boy. I said, what? You know I picked challenge from that boy. I said, God, my son is two or three years older than this boy. I'm not trying enough. You know, it's easy for adults to say, ah, they are children. Leave them. They are not children. That's the stage you raise them. The other day, the school where I'm teaching, we stumbled on the book they were giving Jesus to to read. Oh my God. Me and one of my colleagues, we were shouting. Very vulgar books that 12 years, 11 years, 10 years old children are reading. And I said, what is the devil doing? He knows. That that's the time to make the tree. Verse 34. There are two things that Jesus addressed. If I bring them out, we will pray. You brood of vipers. How can you, who are evil, say anything good? So the first thing Jesus says, he says, who are you? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Let's go to verse 35. The good man, please, note this because, my God, you must just give us insight into this, then we pray. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil I'm reading NIV. Now, in King James, it just says, a good man out of the treasures of his heart. Does what, please? Brings forth. Oh my God. So, what are the things that determines what a man brings forth? 
first is his nature. A good man. Don't miss that. It's not first what he has taught. If you carry good things and store it in an evil man, you will get a mixture. Did you hear me? So the first thing Jesus addresses is the good man. The nature. And you remember in Mark chapter 10 and in Matthew chapter, I think 18 or 19, yes, 19, there was this rich man that ran to Jesus. Do you remember that story? Oh my God, do you remember that story? The rich young ruler. He ran to Jesus and said what? Good master. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus immediately caught the man. He rebuked him. He says, no one, no one is good except God alone. I said, God, why do you need to say no one and still say alone? So when Jesus is speaking here and he's saying, the good man, Jesus is saying that the first criteria that determines what you are going to produce is your nature. First John chapter 3 verse 9. First John chapter 3 verse 9. Can somebody read that for us? First John 3 verse 9. Listen, if you catch this, you will know exactly how to pray. And you will know exactly what to cry to God for. Yes? No one who is born of God will continue. What's the first thing there? No one. No one. Who is born of God. Who has been born. That came out. That pour out of God. What does it mean to pour? When you say something as pour. It has come out. There is nobody who comes out of God. That continues in sin. Yes? Because God's seed remains in Oh my God, this was what I got excited about. I said, God, why are you talking of seed again? He said, no, that's what can produce the fruits. Anybody that God sees. By the power of the Holy Ghost has been planted inside of him. Cannot, cannot, cannot produce anything good for God. Just a matter of time. You know, we have trivialized what it means to be born again. But the Bible says it is that God sat down in labor room. And he's pushing forth. And he gave birth to me. And just before they carried me. No, no, no. Even not before they carried me. Because he gave birth to me. I am carrying what? His seed. Can I ask you. Very, very critically. Are you carrying the seed of God? Is the life of God in you. You cannot have a lifestyle without a life. Hey, did you hear me? Kingdom lifestyle is the style of the life 
of the kingdom. So you can try to pretend. You can try to upgrade. You can try to refurbish. But if you don't have the life of God. Oh my God. It's going to be tough. So can I ask you that first question? Are you carrying the life of Christ in you? Have you come to Jesus? I didn't just mean you made one silly altar call that never called you out of where you were. I'm talking of something that you said, what? So God is in me now. That's the first thing God is looking for. And he can say, this man is good because he's carrying the good God. You can come to church, but it's so, it's so rampant now that church people are not carrying the God of the church. But that's not what I want to do. I don't want to be talking much again about those kind of people. Because there are so many. I want to be looking for people now who are saying, God, I want to be here for you. Can you imagine you have invested over somebody's life for two, three, four years? Only for the person to come and tell you, I'm pregnant. And the person is not yet married. Don't you think that you have been wasting your time? Maybe you have been pouring a good, a good treasure on a bad man. So that's the first thing. What nature are you carrying? Now the second thing which I will talk about and will pray. He now said, can you go back to Matthew chapter 12? The good man out of the good stored up in him. Some version says, out of the abundance so after you have gotten a nature, you now need nurture. This is where there is a problem. People collect the nature of God, but they don't want the nurture of God. The abundance of what they are carrying is their village tradition. They claim that I have the life of God. But when you begin to check what has been stored in their hardware, in their hard disk, in their memory, the things you punch out easily are the things their father told them. They are the things their mother told them. You can't punch them and get... This was what God said to me when I was 16 years and it has been stored. I remember one day I was studying the scripture. I think I was either 16, 17 or 18. I can't remember exactly. And I was reading Proverbs chapter 25. I mean Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 5. Proverbs chapter 6. What? I said, is this thing inside the Bible? Say, yeah. The Spirit of God said yes. The Bible said an adulteress. We reduce you, me like this, to a loaf of bread. Ha! You know, 
As a young man, when I used to read the Bible, I, I can. I say, ah, if I commit immorality, do you know a loaf of bread? The other day I went to Robert and they said, don't press the bread, don't press it, don't press it. It will go down. It does not have any capacity to bear any pressure. It's just holding like this. If you just do it like this, just go down. That is what immorality does. I jumped up that day. Ah, the Bible said in the beginning she's sweet. But in the end she's bitter. Ah, I said, God, no, no, this cannot be what, will, what I will plant in my life. I read the Bible that day. I said, God, this must be stored in a special hard disk. So when I came to campus, I discovered that people are just jumping around. I said, an adulteress reduces a man to a loaf of bread. And I am planning to produce something in future. Mba, mba, mba. I see young people, they were just doing like this, shaking their bum bum. I said, ah, what is this one I'm planning to become? I saw all manner of, I entered fellowship, oh my God. We were in year one. Brothers were already pounding on sisters in our class. I said, God, what is happening here? When I married, was I delivered? Mba. Somebody was talking to me one day, say, there's somebody I'm having feelings for. I thought I was doing follow-up. Brethren who do follow-up, be careful. I said, follow-up. I said, oh, then God needs to help you. God needs to help you. I said, who is that? It's you, sir. Hey. You know, <laughs> you are laughing. What delivered me was my hard disk. And do you know that unfortunately or fortunately, there were times I have been counseling that sister in my office alone. Nobody was there. Oh, but because my hard disk was purified. It never even came to my mind. That was how God helped me. You know there are temptations that come to your mind. And you cast it away. And you are struggling with it. This one, the temptation didn't come. So when she told me, I laughed. I said, let me take permission from my wife. I will get back to you. Out of what is taught. So sometimes I look at my life. The other day, so... I say, why don't you like this? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? I discover that it has not been stored. I say, ah. Sometimes my wife will quarrel with me. They are not very serious things. I can have, even if it's one million, I don't think of buying certain kind of things for myself. I discover that it's a problem from the time of seed sowing. I never had those ambitions. So it's a problem now, even for basic things I need. Sometimes she has to put ma mandates and you must do this now. And she will quarrel and quarrel. But you know, as I began studying the Bible, I discovered that it's not my fault. She will need to give me time to plant it again. If there's actually space. And for her to water it, water it, water it, and for it to grow, that one day I'll just carry money and enter a shop. I say, give me five trousers. Give me seven shirts. Give me two and a half shoes. No, 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 no. It's not, it was not, it's not there. So it's not even that I don't have money. She observed that when money hits my pocket, it doesn't find that road. It was not planted. It was not stored. It was what is stored that I'm bringing forth. It is not because of the wife I married that makes me the kind of husband I am. I stored it several years ago. As a young man, I said, God, I was struggling with loving my siblings. 
very, very, I was wicked. If you think I'm gentle, you are joking. I was, okay, yes, now you may be serious, but then you were joking. Because I was wicked. But in my stage of nurturing, and when at the level of storing things, one day the Spirit of God said to me, if you don't love your siblings, you can never ever love your wife. I think I was 19 or 20 years. That's young. Why should a 19 years old man be thinking of marriage? But I knew that it's at 19 that I plant what I will reap at 29. So that was the time the Holy Ghost was saying, if you don't change towards your siblings, you can never love your wife. I say, God, my wife will be a good person. All these my siblings are bad, bad people. <laughs> she will just come from heaven and drop. And she will just be a good wife. Like that one that calls her husband, Lord. That was the kind of wife I was dreaming about. God said, you are dreaming. There's nowhere it is found. They are actually produced. I say, God. So as a young man, I told myself, I said, God, please begin to work on my character. So that even if I marry a wicked woman, I will have a good home. So I began to store that kind of mindset. I began to nurture it. I saw the sisters in my executive as ESCO as industrial training attachment for me, for what I'm storing in my hard disk. So if I treat this sister with holiness and with purity and with righteousness, even tomorrow I'm going to treat my wife like that. If I treat people I'm relating with with love, and I know that these are the children of God, they are brethren, how unconsciously it will just come out. It was not when I married that I said, saying God, I plan to be a good man now. If she shouts, just help me not to shout back. Say, God, I'm struggling. Hold me, God. If you don't hold me, I will do something here. No. Brethren, what are you nurturing in your life? You see, my message seems to be targeted towards the young people. But elderly people, you need to help with the young people. Don't be deceived by all these things we put up around you. Begin to make our trees good. Young people, what are you nurturing? Some of us parents, you can spend one million on your child. You think that is, you, are, you say you are securing his future. I'm laughing at you. I'm laughing at you. I'm laughing at you. Because nothing secures a man like the kind of tree he's carrying. He will just produce. This morning as we pray, there are two sets of people I want to pray with. First, do you have the nature? Are you on a journey of nurture? My young brothers and sisters, what do you spend your time consuming? What can we pop out of you? Manchester. Liverpool. That's what you will produce when you get married. I step into some people's house and I see how much money they invest on gadgets, television. 
I said they are just reaping what they sow several years ago. Because when they are watching the match, they must see how the leg is dribbling. So they go and buy one big television that is bigger than their wall. And you know the people who produce them will keep producing big ones. They are just producing what they have nurtured. This morning, what are you nurturing in your children? Do you just shout at them? I normally explain to my wife, I say, this child doesn't know why he's, what he, why, why he's doing what he's doing. Nurture him, teach him. And don't think he will learn today. He may learn after two years. Just be consistent. You will produce a good tree. Bow your heads as you pray. Oh, Jesus. Young people, you are privileged. You are the year of sowing. Are you 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17? Oh, you are a privileged young man. This is the time to make your tree. This is the time to make your tree. And you will just reap a harvest of righteousness. This is the time to say, Lord, I'm looking for what will last. This is the kind of family I want to have in the next 10 years. Show me the seeds I need to sow today. I want to be a man of God. I want to be a woman of God. Hey, hey, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a product of several years of nurturing and nurturing. Wherever you are, are you praying and saying, Lord, help me. Holy Ghost, help me. I didn't just ask you to bow your heads. I'm asking you to cry to God and say, Lord, have I missed it? My children must not miss it. The young people around me must not miss it. I must make them now. I must invest in them now. I must set them aright now. I must order their lives, not just with few words, but with consistent investment and storing so that there can be an abundance. An abundance. An abundance. And I now understand that to change a man requires an abundance of investment, an abundance of prayers, an abundance of talking, so that that person can carry an abundance to produce. Oh my God, I wish you are praying for yourself. Lord, you brought your word to us in this place this morning, and I know that you didn't plan that it comes back to you the same. You wanted to achieve something in the life of a tree sitting here. You wanted to set a young man straight from now. You wanted to set a young lady straight from now. Lord, please help us. Lord, please help us this morning. If you are here and you know... Sincerely, you don't carry the nature of God. Everything coming out of your life is anti-God. You can start this morning by saying, Lord, plant your seed inside of me. 
That's the beginning of every agricultural process. Plant your seed inside of me. We cannot be talking of fruits when we don't have a seed. When a seed has not turned to a tree, then that tree begins to produce fruits. Wherever you are, you are making that prayer. Lift your hands boldly and say, Lord, plant your seed inside of me. God bless you. Am I seeing some hands who are saying, Lord, plant your seed inside of me. Father, you are seeing these hands that are lifted up. You know them much more than we can. You know that they are not carrying your life. Lord, they have tried to decorate the old life. But it has still been bringing forth bad fruits. But this morning, we are asking for a miracle. We are asking for a miracle. The miracle that produced Calvary. The miracle that necessitated Calvary. We are asking that miracle will take place in their lives in the name of Jesus. Father, if, if it is what we could do, we would have helped them. But this is a, is, a, is, is, is a planting process that is done by you alone. For we have not been born again of corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible seed by the word of God. Lord, we have spoken your word. Plant that seed in that is lives in the name of Jesus. We are pleading with you because if you don't do it, they will not be helped. Every message we preach will not make sense. A good store on a bad man can never produce a good fruit. So Lord, we are asking that you will exchange that evil life and plant the life of righteousness in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost, do the work. Do the work. Do the work. Thank you, Father. You want to join these ones and say, Lord, please nurture me well. Show me the things that make for a good store. My store are full with disposables. I'm storing things that will not make sense. Some of us know the hairstyle. You know the makeup style. And you think that is what is going to produce a good fruit. Whenever you are, join us and raise your hands and say, Lord, nurture me well. Pack out my store. Pack out this emptiness from me. And invest me with eternal values. If you are making that prayer, raise your hand wherever you are. As we pray together. Lord, you have confronted us with nurturing. And some of us have sat through our lives. And we cannot find tangible, tangible things that have filled our hearts. We are asking that you do a work here in the name of Jesus. You told us of a parable of a man. Whose seven demons was casted out. But it was unoccupied. It was empty. It had nothing in it. And that man became worse than he was at the initial stage. Lord, I'm praying even for those that responded to you today. Begin to do a nurturing work in their lives. In the name of Jesus. Begin to do a nurturing work in our lives. In the name of Jesus. 
Finally, Lord, there are some of us here who have problems. As we are listening to this message, we are asking, so what can I do with my errors? How do I correct all these baggages? Father, even to those ones, give a miracle. Give a miracle. There is a home here who is crying. If I knew I wouldn't have married this man. If I knew I wouldn't have married this woman. But it seems too late. But you are the God of a miracle. Lord, give a miracle in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. There's a young man here who has gotten so deep into homosexualism, a lady lesbianism, and they're asking, so how can I get free? Lord, give a miracle in the name of Jesus. Some of us have been so tied. Some is even occultism. Some we have been hooked so badly that we have repented and it's not working. Jesus, give a miracle in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. 